Episode 2, titled Chestnut. Um, I didn't understand why that was called that, by the way. Did you get the chestnut meaning? Chestnuts. No, not really. I didn't, I didn't even think about it, that it was called chestnut. <coughs> um, but it, yeah, we're going to go over that, and then Mike t- we'll talk, might talk a little bit about uh, Quarry, uh, which is a TV show on Cinemax that's really, really good. Might talk a little bit about that at the end. Um, but... So just jumping right into the episode, what were your uh, overall impressions of the episode? I I was pretty I, I liked it. I thought it was a solid continuation. I mean, nothing like to turn me off on the show or anything, but nothing. There's still um, most of the problems that I had last week. They didn't really fix. Um, I did I did I did like the new character that wasn't in last week. Um, I just in my notes I just I just have him listed as good friend. I said him as good friend, bad friend because I didn't catch their names. Uh, but I did, I did like him. I wasn't a huge fan of the uh, the man or the the friend, the other guy, the ba- yeah. cl- clearly bad character. But what do you think yeah. about the, what do you think about that stuff? Um, I thought it was a pretty good episode. I don't think it really did anything to draw me in more. You know, like I think they were trying to introduce that character as kind of a almost a point of view character for. Like, think about it as a video game. He's, like, you going into the video game. You know, like, he's kind of experiencing all this stuff new. So I think you're supposed to empathize with him a little bit. But at the same time, I don't really find him compelling at all. But, yeah, I mean, he, it didn't do anything to harm itself, I wouldn't say. He's pretty, so far he's been pretty stereotypical, like, nervous good guy and i think like you were saying like he's definitely like the point of view character so like introduce you to how westworld works or how it works when you enter westworld and the video game stuff seemed to be very on point like they seem to be making that a very strong point because there's a couple other times that was like very much like um a video game like the so they go they enter westworld and the guy comes up and he has like the quest. There's the guy that fall. There's the guy, the guy falls off the trailer. He's wearing an eye patch, and he has like a quest. And the guy's like, "No, just ignore him. This guy's boring." And they leave. But then later, there's a scene in the restaurant where that guy comes up to their table, and it's very much like the video game where it's pushing <laughs> you to do that one quest, and you just like. Right. Yeah, I think in my notes, I. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll wait till we get to that part. I'll wait till we get to that part. We can talk about it then, but. Yeah, yeah, it's very, very similar. It's like the skip, skip dialogue. Exactly. Going ahead every time. <laughs> exactly. Like... Exactly. Yeah. So, the start of the episode opens, and this this part I didn't even think about just because it's so short until I rewatched it. So, it epi- the episode opens with uh, Bernie talking to Dolores as she gets out of bed, and he goes, "Do you remember?" And then it immediately goes to cuts to the guy on the riding on the train towards Westworld. And there was, uh, there was a did, bunch of uh, wasn't the scene Bernie talking, to, was the Bernie talking to Dolores scene later then when they were, well, yeah, you don't actually see Bernie. He, it just opens up. She's laying in bed and she like walks outside in her nightgown and you just hear Bernie saying, do you remember? And oh, then okay. it yeah, cuts yeah. to the, I don't know. I'll just call him Billy. I think his name's Billy, the good friend. Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah, Jekyll and the Jekyll and Hyde. Um, he cuts to him. He's riding on the train with Prince Caspian, or whatever that guy's name is. Um, so a lot of people were like, because of this part where it's like, do you remember? A lot. There's a lot of theories out there that's like, think he, the... The guy with the white hat is, or that that he is like taking place in an alternate, or not alternate, but prior timeline to the other stuff happening right now, because Who? it's like 
the um, Billy guy. Uh. Like, I've seen theories that, like, that it is taking place, like, 20 years before the rest of the show. Or yeah. The, basically. Because it's like, do you remember? And then it cuts to him. Yes. And some, so some people are, like, theorizing that one of them is Ed Harris, just in a oh, younger please. version. And if See, you, people, if you, people love to overthink this stuff. HBO is never going to do that to you as far as, like, this kind of thing goes. This isn't, like, a mind-bendy kind of show. It's, like, they're trying to look at, you know, certain themes about AI and video games and morality. This isn't... Everyone's been infected by Christopher Nolan, it seems. I know it's Jonathan Nolan, but... It is his brother uh, making the show. I know, but it's not that. There's no real evidence. I mean... No, the only only evidence is that they never have an interaction that places them with the rest of the timeline, basically. He interacts with Dolores, but his interactions with Dolores could easily be with a prior Dolores, because it's it's not woke Dolores. It's uh, Mm. dropping my can of milk on the ground Dolores. Well, that's what she does every day. Well, that's the other thing I wanted to get to, so... So is that what she does every day? Because it seems like she's like on a different. She's behaving differently now, because of. I don't. I don't think the show knows. I think they just wanted to put that in there to show her repetitive action, and they'll. I don't think the show runners think too deeply about like consistency and, you know, kind of everything making sense, like the guns thing. You know, she tells. Yeah, uh, I wanted to name? talk about when he that. gets there. Oh, you can't hurt anyone you're not supposed to. Well, how is that exactly does this work? Like, is it just guns? Because one guy tried to attack uh, Ed Harris's character with... He didn't have a knife, but he attacked him just, like, with his hands. Yeah, you know? yeah. So, what's the what's the deal here? It seems like these robots are capable of attacking people. So, they've never killed anyone? They can't kill anyone? I don't understand. Yeah, I unfortunately, I think you're right they haven't thought this stuff through that much because I, I watched or I read an interview with the two creators and they were talking about how um, or whether or not people could hurt other people or guests could hurt other guests and they were kind of explained it away as like oh the hosts are programmed to always interfere if a guest is in danger so a host would interfere or would like they called it like the good Samaritan the host would behave, the host would sacrifice himself for the guest if a guest was about to be harmed, but obviously you could construct a scenario ludicrous. where the guest would easily get harmed. Like if Ed Harris right. got shoved into like a glass wall, he could easily cut himself and bleed out or something. Right, right. So, or like you know, how do the gun? It still comes back to the guns for me because let's say some guy decides to start shooting up a saloon or something. How he can't tell the difference between hosts and guests. So what happens when he shoots at a guest? The bullets just disintegrate. What happens? I don't know. Well, and the other thing too, I, this is something I want to talk about too, because if you, I was watching this episode, and if you look at when Ed Harris gets shot by uh, hosts, there's like yeah, it's like a little of, puff. There's little puffs right. of dust. That's how it coast. was in the first episode. So so I don't know what's happening. So there. is he getting hit with like something, and it just like vaporizes because he's a? It's it's very murky, and I don't think they've thought it through, unfortunately. Right. This doesn't yeah, seem I'm a like, little concerned about that. Yeah, that worries me a little bit because it doesn't seem like I, I like I like worlds to like have clearly defined rules and constructs that like they adhere to. Right. Right. So if now, you know, we talked about this being a kind of a video game type of experience, but there's the big difference to me is that you're not at I mean, risk. You're not at risk. Ed Harris can walk in. And shoot up, you know, a little village without worrying about getting himself killed. Now, in a video game, you die. Obviously, you you go back to a checkpoint or whatever, a save point, but you die. Imagine a video game where you were invincible, you know? It wouldn't be that fun after a while. Yeah, yeah. That, no that's actually something danger. I noted when we were talking about, um, or when I was watching the Ed Harris storyline, is he's been doing this for 30 years. And he's never at a risk. How is this still interesting? Exactly. 
Well, now he's making it more interesting by making what he's doing about something else. So he's looking for whatever deeper level he's looking for. So that, I mean, he's not really getting the thrill out of killing these people, although it certainly does seem to take pleasure in it. It seems like it would get, I don't know, it seems like it would get so old so quickly. Uh, right, right. Because, like, who, no one would ever play a video game for 30 years. Like, if this is, like, a video game, no one would do uh, like, that. would get so maybe boring. it's, like, new updates, you know? I guess. Got this new, I guess there's new missions. This new pillage package. Uh, <laughs> so from from there, from Dolores, we cut we, we so the white hat guy gets on the train, and from there we go to uh, Bernie and the person I've called the intrepid scientist. I don't know, I don't know what her name is actually. Just glasses wearing girl who is is nosy. Strong female character. <laughs> is that yes. you're about? Strong, strong female character with brains. Uh, they're looking into Mr. Abernathy because she, uh, intrepid scientist or strong female character thinks that he might be contagious. And this this scene didn't really have anything, so we, I'm just going to move on. But then, oh, no, there is an interesting interesting thought of. It does seem a little ludicrous that a scientist would think a robot, a robot's some malfunction in a robot is contagious, as if it's some kind of disease. Like, obviously the show's trying to tell us something there, like, oh, it is contagious, but of course it's ludicrous to think that something like that is contagious. You know what I mean? Quentin, Quentin, they, My have, computer a, they have a disease. They have I hope disease. yours wasn't around. It's, it's self-awareness, Quentin. They have a disease. <laughs> Quentin, this, you know, these thoughts, these thoughts are a virus, Quentin, they spread. They're a virus, yeah. huh? Yeah, I, didn't, I didn't understand that. I hope... It seemed like they were trying to get, like, trying to push you towards something, but I hope that's not, like, how it, it is. It seems like they're trying to make you realize that it's it's kind of programmed to, towards those, you know, these violent delights have violent ends or whatever, that that's kind of the the entryway there for like self-awareness, but like I don't I, I don't understand. Maybe it. that's how it could be contagious, I guess, is because they do seem to have, like, auditory triggers. So they could like that's tech could be contagious that way where they like spread it through all Right. No, I'm saying I think it is contagious. What oh, I'm saying okay. is that is that the scientist for the scientist to think it's contagious is ludicrous. Because she wouldn't have any idea that, you know, say Dr. Ford programmed something in there to be triggered. That would seem laughable to her. Why would she think it's contagious? You wouldn't think that about your computers. Quinn, she's a strong female character. She knows the answers. <laughs> Uh, from there we cut to Dolores in the town square. She hears Bernie say, Re- remember. Uh, has a vision of a destroyed town and is confronted by the hooker Maeve. Madame. To use her proper name. Uh, where she has a woke moment and, of course, says the line, these violent delights have violet duds. I hope they stop using this line. It's getting really annoying. It's the trigger line. It's the it's the activation code that Dr. Ford has programmed for his robots. It just sounds so pretentious to me. I don't know why. It's just like, whatever they say, it's just like, they like pause, and then they just like, this is my deep moment. And they have to whisper it. Like, they can't, they can't not whisper that. Yeah. It just, it seems so like, this is my moment of clarity or whatever. It's a little too on the nose. But, we'll talk, we'll talk more about the, Nave character a little bit later, um, but then from there we go to uh, the bad friend and good friend on the train, and the bad friend explains that this is a TV show about more than just guns and tits. Or so, uh, he, he, he this was the part that annoyed me about the episode was the whole like they would they would say they would talk about the park, but it's clearly the show talking about itself. It's like the bad right. friend is to is. Oh, this park is about more than just violence and sex. This park, hint, hint, is about who we really, who you really are. It's like, okay, we get it. It's like, we, we get it, we get it. Okay, now, one question I have about Mr. Billy or, uh, you know, Mr. Innocent, whatever. Um, 
according to their site, according to the Westworld site, the park costs guests like 500000 for a two-week stay, over 500000 Now, of course, we can assume this is future and inflation, whatever. I don't know. But that's still a significant amount of money for someone to pay when they don't have interest in anything in the park, like Mr. Billy. So why in the world is he there? My my uh, impression was that the other guy like probably paid for him because it seems like the other guy wants him to be there. Like he's like trying to get him out of, out of his comfort zone or something. So my would you pay five hundred thousand dollars to get someone out of their comfort zone? That, would anyone? I mean, that guy's probably probably like some super rich guy, and he just doesn't care. And my they also don't seem like they're friends. Like they seem like they're coworkers or something. Oh, they're definitely coworkers from the just from the things they said. So I wonder if it's like a if it's like a corporate bonding experience or something like that. It's like, hey, let's um, go rape some people. Let's go rape murder robots. Corporate. That's corporate bonding. What it kind seems of like what, it seems like that's what they're trying to push it as though. It's some sort of like just like a chance for these two to get to know each other or something. Like they have some sort of business. They're in business or something, and they need to improve their business relationship or something. Did that's you? How I uh, take it. Did you happen to read uh, Jason Concepcion's piece on what on Westworld? Yeah, about why who would go to Westworld. About who would go to Westworld. I thought that was pretty pretty well. It's very interesting. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think it is a good point that no, our people like aren't inclined to go to would be inclined to go to a park where people can watch them do these terrible things. They want to do it from home. Right, and and theoretically, in such a a technologically advanced future we would have virtual reality that is fully capable of everything that the park can do you know you get in one of those suits that you know takes your makes your senses you know whatever makes you feel touch and everything yeah why would they physically go to this park ah you know maybe it's like the real experience you know like purists i don't know I mean, that part of it, who knows what they're going for. The, the most interesting part I thought that, that Concepcion was getting at was what is going on in the world outside of the park, yeah. you know, that makes people want to do this. Yeah, unfortunately, I don't think we're ever actually going to see that. No, I doubt it. I would be surprised. It's all. Unless, at least for sure this season. I Maybe, see, like, maybe a couple seasons down the road, because I seems like this story, or like, I don't know, I hope a lot of this stuff comes to a head this season. I hope it's not, like, I hope the Ed Harris character finishes his maze quest or whatever this season. I hope yeah. that's not like a multi-season type thing. Um, so I, there obviously would be a lot of stuff they could explore in later seasons. Right. I do worry a little bit that the showrunners haven't thought about some of these questions, and that they'll have to just come up with the answers on the fly. Yeah, yeah. I I would be surprised if they thought too much about the world outside of the park because they seem to. Mo- I mean, they, they they seem mostly focused on robots' relationship to the humans inside the park. Right. But I think I think that is like a really true thing. Like there, the where he talked about like. The, the seems like the, this show views humans at this point and whatever in the future as just being like, I don't know, like completely morally depraved, and so they're perfectly fine with going. Like they feel no shame about going to this park and murdering and raping well, okay, people. Well, okay, think about it progressively. Okay, like people don't have a problem with playing Grand Theft Auto and just murdering their way across a city. So let's say that starts to get more and more realistic to the point that you're now playing virtual reality video games, murdering your way across a city. At some point, where's the line? You know what I mean? Well, I think the, the line is that other people, like if you had a crowd of people watching you play Grand Theft Auto, would you play it differently? But if they're all playing too? That's the thing. Everyone is playing. Yeah. But they're not all playing. I, okay, but think about okay, think about uh, like Grand Theft Auto Online. You know, that's other people. 
in virtual form, sure, but it's other people. You yeah, know what's know the problem you. with that. They can't see you. Like they, they can't see, your see you. They can't see you. But like they can't who, see you. Why, who would really care if they could see you? I mean, I feel like I would if I'm playing a video game. Oh, I certainly gonna... feel like I would. But I, I mean, I do wonder where is the moral line between enjoying destroying virtual human beings and because obviously we think that what Ed Harris is doing is wrong. Like he's just enjoying torturing and destroying. But where's the line? Because those are robots. They're not humans. You know, they're, they're artificial intelligence, just like you would encounter in a video game. Yeah. I mean, I think that's like a valid question. And I think that's what the show is trying to get people to ask, for sure. Right. I don't know really where the... I, I think part of it is just like the... Well, I think if big I think there is a problem. I think there is a moral problem. If you play Grand Theft Auto just to mur- murder people and rape, you know, virtual women, I mean, like, that kind of says something about you and, like, what motivates you, you know? Yeah. You know, if someone was to go to Westworld and try to, you know, behave heroically, you know... I think that would say something about them versus, you know... Everybody would view them as boring. Just being there to kill something, you know? If you went to Westworld and you obeyed the law and tried to help people, everybody would view you as extremely boring. Right. Like, people would be like, why did you spend money? Well, I mean, I don't know, because it seems like they built some quests in there for people, you know? Maybe not yeah, necessarily nobody, just It doesn't seem like anybody law. does the quests. <laughs> I do wonder why they spend so much time and money. Uh, so moving moving on to, uh, we talked a little bit about they. Oh, so we talked a little bit about uh, Maeve. We'll talk. I'll, I'll talk about this later. We'll get into her storyline a little bit later. But next is that Bernard and Ford are talking about that Bernard thinks someone is trying to sabotage their uh, the the hosts. But Ford, uh, it doesn't really buy it. Do you do you think someone like is actually trying to sabotage the stuff, or do you think it's? I think it's obviously Ford is doing this. Yeah, <laughs> that seems like very obvious because he's it like. It seems to me it's definitely that line about like it's. What does he say? Is like he compares them to witches where they create life, and then like that guy. That guy's not high, doesn't seem to be care at all that people whether or not people know. That he's uh, screwing with the park. Well, no one seems to be very inquisitive on that front. Yeah. Um, so from there, then we go to uh, the Ed Harris walks up on a man being hung, and I'm just going. I'm just going to kind of go over his whole storyline with this part. We'll just kind of skip through his whole storyline. So he gets walks up on the guy being hung, saves his life by shooting everybody, uh, then drags this guy down to, all the way to his village, where he uh, interrogates him. All the people resist, but Ed Harris just shoots everybody and shoots to the wife, and um, gets the daughter to confess, basic or confess about the maze. Um, do you do you do you still find his storyline boring, or did this episode do anything for that to you? Ed Harris. Yeah. I'm still kind of bored because I don't really know. I mean, he's saying I want to get some deeper thing or whatever. I don't really know what that would be. I don't know why it's interesting. Like, he doesn't seem to be. I don't know. He's he's just. Too over the top evil, and I don't know what's driving him. I don't really care what's driving him. I feel like a better show, and I like this show. I think it's a good show, but a better show would have given you some kind of little piece of candy there, something to sink your teeth into. Because right now, we don't have any idea what deeper meaning this park has. None at all. Yeah, and, and the other thing too is like he seems to have gone through something 
that has like completely hardened him to where he knows he where he came, where he found something out about the park and now he knows exactly what he needs to do and he's willing to do whatever he has to do to get to get it right but what i would be find more interesting is the part where he goes through that things to find out what he needs or finds out about this stuff right it becomes like hardened towards the people in the park like that that's to me is almost more interesting than right. like what made him this way and what how did he find out about like this part of the park yeah, and I don't know. I mean, we have we have no context for for his quest yeah, there. Yeah. That's the thing. It's just we're thrown into it and we're expected to care. Why? He's we know he's... what we know what the result of every interaction with someone else is going to be. He kills them or gets information from them. Yeah. So what 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 do I care? I don't know. And going back to the the video game thing we were talking about, like when you're watching the show. You're never worried when Ed Harris is in a. Are you? There, there's no tension when Ed Harris is in a scene. No, of course. Because not. he's just going to shoot the people, and they're not going to be able to hurt him. Right. And to me, this this scene, like this shooting scene, seemed like seemed like especially like video gamey, where it seemed like Ed Harris has played this like five times, and he knows like exactly where all these people are going to be, and he because he shoots like, he shoots he knows the guys in the tower. He shoots that guy. He knows the guys hiding behind the wall. Like it seemed like right. this is like a part where he had like not gotten through like five times. Right. I mean, it reminds me of the, the you're playing the video game and like there's you you keep progressing the level but you never can finish it. You get killed, so you're just powering through the early parts. You're like boom 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 shoot this guy this guy this guy. I know there's gonna be someone popping out here. You get through this, yeah. but the problem is nothing has ever stopped him because we finally got to a part where the people who run the park are like paying attention to him. They don't seem to pay him much mind. They're like, Oh, this guy gets to do whatever he wants. So they've obviously never stopped him before. And obviously the guests or the hosts have never stopped him before. So it's not like he's been stopped before. Well, he's probably dragged like, like five different people to their towns and interrogated them. And this time he finally got the right guy. Like he's probably gone to like five different locations and shot everybody trying to figure out where the maze is. Well, unless maybe find the right guy. It never unless it's how like unless it's like timed. Unless he has those two weeks to get to where he wants okay. to, and then he has he's to like, leave the park and everything like gets running. reset. He's like, okay, I gotta go here, shoot everybody where they're hanging the guy. Then I gotta. But he doesn't back seem in a hurry. Because <laughs> uh, it, it does seem like he knew. Like it never explains how he where the guy that's getting hung came from. It just walk. He just walks up on him being hung. Right. It does very much have that feel of the video game that you've played a thousand times. Like, yeah, like Ed Harris seems like he's just, yeah, it, se- it seems exactly like that. And there's probably like one time where he was interrogating the guy and he shot the daughter and the wife didn't know where the maze was. So he had to go back and restart and then he had to shoot the wife this time because the daughter is the one that might know where it is, you know? Like it just seems like, he, it seems like he's just like so bored. Like he does everything like just calmly. Yeah. But then, uh, so after getting back to the other storylines, um, we get to the the Maeve storyline where, so she a couple times tries to seduce people in the bar and fails. And because she keeps having these flash, or she keeps having what I think we're supposed to think are memories. Yeah. Is that, that's right. Um, to, I guess, so my question with this part was, so she keeps having these flashbacks to these Indians raiding the village, and then the Indians chase after her, but Ed Harris shows up in the cabin? That didn't make sense to me. Well, Ed Harris is bad. He'll show up in a nightmare. (laughs) We should have him show up in Maeve's nightmare. That would be interesting. I think that was about the extent of the, the showrunner's logic I did, there. I did think it was interesting that the extent of Ed Harris's interaction with other characters in the show, like he's had interaction with people in his storyline, but he, the only interactions he's had with people in the other storylines are murder and rape. He murders James Marsden and he rapes, or presumably murders or rapes the other two women. Well, to be fair to Ed Harris, he does that to everyone eventually, so... It is kind of we can skip the talking. Just don't, you just want to stay away from Ed Harris. His his uh, 
his likable rating is, is is at zero. He's like he to, like in Fallout. He's got like the bad karma. Or the, he's got really bad karma. Uh, whatever terror of the wastes or whatever. Uh, but th- her her storyline seemed to be like the main the main part of the episode, which I did like. Uh, her, I did like the like the part where she like wakes up and stuff. I did think that was interesting. If still very confusing because I, I thought know. that was really good. Yeah, uh, and that's another thing that people were like theorizing about. So does she wake herself up, or what do you think about that? Does she? How does she wake up? But did, did they forget to disable her, or does she? Is it did Dolores spread the? Con- oh, I think Dolores. Okay, so after Dolores tells her the you know the secret code there, um, she starts having the memories. So I think that activates Quentin, her ability. Quentin, she doesn't have memories. She has reveries. 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 The reveries. Get this right. <laughs> it basically activates her ability to access the reveries. <laughs> so at, I think at that point, she's able to kind of start taking control of her mind. And then, you know, she mentions to the other girl that, you know, when she's having a nightmare, she counts backwards from three. So I think what happens is she gets put under to sleep or whatever. And she starts, you know, because before she was never able to have any memories because or have any dreams, really, because dreams are based on memories. So now she can remember and now she's having a dream and she's able to wake herself up from that dream. By counting backwards, and then she wakes up. But then, then they sudden, don't have the ability to dream. They only have the idea of dreams. Right, until they hear these violent delights have violent ends. Because then they can remember things in a different way. Then they have act, because think about when, when you dream, it's things that are in your memory. It's basically your mind scrambling through your memory and throwing things together. I guess I guess that makes sense, kind of. Yeah, I, I guess that makes sense. Um, so yeah, I liked. I, the only thing I was wondering about is, so is that character? Because technically, that character is supposed to be decommissioned or whatever. So is she just is she going to still be on the? Sh- I assume she's still going to be on the show, but um, she's supposed to be out of commission now. Uh, are we sure that she was supposed to be out of commission? Because didn't the tech look at her and say, oh, she doesn't need to be decommissioned. She just needs this, 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 and this adjusted. You know what I mean? Oh. Okay, so then she was... Okay, so that was... Okay, so that was... The then they're just fixing some okay. stuff on her. Okay. Because, yeah, I, wasn't, I, I was know. confused by that because it seemed like she or, was supposed to be, like, decommissioned. Or maybe she is being decommissioned and then she'll make an appearance later because there's a reason that all of those robots are down in the vault. Yeah, that was another thing that was, like, super, like, you would do, you would recycle those people's body parts or something. Like, you would not just, like, stand a bunch of right. robots down there as an army waiting to kill you. <laughs> like, it's like, at least recycle the body parts or something. <laughs> it seems like you should be able to just plop a new, whatever kind brain. of brain system they have in there, just plop a new one in there and they're good yeah. to go. Yeah, it was that was like super. Which you know, that's another that's another thing that makes me wonder if the showrunners have thought things through. Lots of headshots from guns. Theoretically, you can't just pop a new part in whatever you know. If I put a bullet through my computer, you know that thing's pretty much a goner. I can't just fix that. Yeah, that's, I didn't think about that. <laughs> How are these robots being repaired? You destroyed their entire yeah, system. As soon as like, you know, they get a headshot, those robots are out. Or you have to put a new brain in. They should be out. Yeah. I didn't think about that. That's a good point. Um, but yeah, so I did think it was funny that, of course, of course, the second time uh, Maeve tries to seduce somebody, she walks over to the bar where James Marsden gets killed. They just, you know, we just have to kill James Marsden. That's, that's really that's important. That's James Marsden's role. He must be killed really in every episode. That you understand this guy is just there to die. It's really important. Uh, but then we go to um, 
I didn't really care that much about Bernie meeting the business lady and their relationship. That doesn't really seem to interest me too much. Other than that we find out that Bernie might be a robot. This is what you... We talked about this last week. Did we? I think so. The theory that... Because she... They're laying in bed and then she's talking about how her robots won't shut up. Or how about the robots won't shut up. And then she speculates that uh, Bernie might be a robot. Which, I think I think we talked about this. That seems like a pretty strong theory to me, that he would be a robot. You don't Could think so? Be. If he is a robot, he's a secret robot created only by Dr. Ford. Because yeah. they don't seem to have very much interest in allowing their robots to be free and roaming about. They're kind of set on a one track. Yeah, I think that would be for sure, is that he would be like a, he's like a secret robot or whatever. It could be. But there's also the question of why. I still come back to that picture he had. Maybe he was given a memory of a child or something by Dr. Ford. Yeah. It's very strange. Yeah, that part's still confusing to me. They didn't really do anything with that yet again. Because he has the kid, but he doesn't want anybody to know he has the kid. Or right. something like that. Yeah, I, I don't really necessarily buy it. I just thought it was interesting. That was... Something that came up. Um, but then next we go to the uh, cheeky British writer who is, of course, yelling very loud. Every, every, it's very important for this guy to be yelling. I thought I thought they might tone it down after that first. I mean, they'd really doubled down they, on they the, the screaming. <laughs> they doubled down on the, the, the Britishness of the guy. They really wanted you to know. He seems like an utterly useless character. He hasn't contributed anything positive to the show yet. He's just there for, what, people to kind of punch around? I don't understand why he even exists. Yeah, I think him and the the lady that works there, the lady that seems to be in charge of the place or something, seem to not have much to do yet. I feel like she has, you know, there's some things looming because we've kind of been given hints that she knows more than, you know, the rest of the people. You know, there there was that conversation she had with the writer about, you know, corporate, you know, wanting the park for more than, I feel like they're just kind of stowing her for, for later. But the writer, he just seems useless. Yeah, I feel like there's definitely like the part coming where he somehow interferes with what Ford is doing. He's going to be like, he's going to be upset that his storyline got turned down. And he, so he's going to interfere with whatever, whatever Ford is trying to do. That seems to me, to me to be where that character is heading. Yeah. Otherwise I don't really know what he does. Right. But so yeah, he uh, introduces his storyline and then, then we cut to Ford uh, takes the elevator up to the desert, which I thought was interesting just because you see that like, Part of the headquarters is like right under Westworld, like underneath Westworld. Right. So he takes that up, and he meets the kid. And a lot of people were speculating that this kid is Ford, like Ford created like a young version of himself. What's the reason to think that? that? I I don't know. That just seemed like a people theorizing that that's what it was. Like Seems people, like another one of those people like to theorize, so they'll come up with a theory. I think it's just they wanted someone for Ford to talk to in that circumstance, so they put a little kid there. Yeah, the, the kid is a robot, I think. Is the Yeah, I think pretty clearly, because no parent... Well, first of all... What parent brings their... I mean, I know there was a child in the first episode, but what parent brings their child to a place like this? I saw. I did see on the one website that it's, it talked about how... It was like the official Westworld website. They were talking about how the company is discouraged because of the decline in families attending Westworld. It's like no That's a real crap. family event. <laughs> Who would, what, what psychopath would bring their family to this place? Exactly. And also, the, the kid's alone, so it's kind of like, what parent... I guess if you're not in your right mind, if you brought him there anyway, so maybe you would leave him alone out in the desert. Well, the other thing too is like Ford just like tells him to go away and that never come back, and the kid's just like, okay, 
And he seems totally amazed by Ford's ability to control the snake. Or if he knew everything was robotic anyway, he wouldn't be quite so amazed. That, <laughs> so what, what did the episode come where there's like the kid walking around with the hoodie and sideways hat who is completely pissed off that his parents brought him to Westworld? And it's just like, this is all bullcrap. It's like the teenager, the moody teenager. When does that part come? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we might not be seeing that. Uh, but then Ford talks about uh, a town, a town with a white church, and then they sit there and stand uh, stare at a black church spire. So we have the white church and the black church. So I'm guessing that will play a little role at some point. Yeah. Do you think? Do you think that's about like? Ford wants to kind of introduce religion into Westworld in a way, or is it more just a metaphor for what he's going to do with uh, robot self-awareness and playing God? I, I would, that would be interesting. I, I didn't think about that, but that would actually be that would be really interesting if he did try to introduce religion. Right. I mean, it feels like that could be a compelling storyline if some of the hosts began changing because they were affiliated with this religion or that. Yeah, that would be interesting. I don't think they have time enough to develop it, so I think it was more of a metaphor. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I think they do. They might. There's definitely something coming with the church, for sure. Maybe. So, so, But I'm guessing it's got something... It's more to do with... with it's probably going to be more tied to the Man in Black storyline than... Whatever's happened. I think that's probably where that's headed. At least that seemed like how it was to me. But then Ford uh, comes back and craps on the uh, storyline of the British writer who... This is another one of those moments where it's like, let me tell you what this TV show is about. Where, where Ford talks about, he's, he's like, this is a TV show, or this is a... This story is about... Not about what you, uh, we think you want. It's about the little subtleties... Or whatever, which just seemed like Jonathan Nolan just <laughs> just jerking off on his own uh, writing a little bit. Uh, pretty much, pretty much. It's like, okay, okay, buddy, give me a break. We get it, but and the, I think the only other thing we didn't talk about is the the very end. They. Uh, the good, the Jimmy, the, the Billy character meets Dolores and picks up her can of milk, which she dropped again. Uh, and then that's basically where the episode. Oh no, that's sorry, I missed one thing. The Dolores walks. It cuts back to Dolores get in her nightgown, walking out of her house. This is the same part from the beginning where um, Bernie tells her to remember. But she walks out and she digs in the ground. And this was the really interesting part. She finds a gun. Now, my question is, is that, is there something different about the guns that the hosts have, that the guests have? Because to me, that implied that she found, like, a working gun. Well, or the gun just has some kind of significance as to some event. It would seem like a gigantic problem for the park if they were giving different guns to the hosts and to the guests. Because what if a guest, or what if a host just accidentally had a guest's gun, you know what I mean? Like, it seems very a strange, very strange thing to do to give them different guns. Yeah, I don't know. That just, to me, that seemed like what they were trying to get at. I just assumed it was something, some kind of significant event in her past that was kind of triggered by seeing that gun. I don't know. Huh. Yeah, I'm not... It'll be interesting to see where that goes, because this that yeah it to me it would be a huge problem if there was like their guns are different, because yeah obviously, I guess you could program them not to use a a human gun, but it would seem like a huge issue if the all they needed to do to kill uh, guests was to pick up a, a human gun and shoot it. Right, right. Seem like a large, rather large problem. Um, so that's pretty much the episode. Um, there was a couple uh, Reddit theories that, or two Reddit theories that I wanted to 
uh, talk about uh, and see what you thought. So this this one guy wrote a big long post about the Man in Black. So he kind of goes over um, the sort of what's ha what the Man in Black's been up to, and he talks about. During this episode, we watch uh, the British writer, which I guess his name is Lee, build his new storyline, which involves 50-plus hosts, Indians, and hookers at the end of the episode. He finally presents his new creation, a massacre that will take place at the Red River. Now, when the the girl had told the man in black where the maze is, he had told her that it's uh, follow the blood of Arroyo to the place where the snake lays its eggs. Um, so Ford then explains to Lee that he's more concerned about himself than what people want, but that is the tr But I don't believe that's the true reason for shutting down this storyline. The, the first real reason is because it would take place at the Red River, which is probably the same bloody river that the little girl mentions to the man in black. So he's trying to keep the he's trying to keep people away from this guy's theorizing that this the maze is basically close to this red river, which is why Ford shuts down this storyline. And this guy basically believes that the Ford or the Man in Black and Anthony Hopkins knew each other beforehand, and um, this is sort of like. The, the the way the man in black's way of finding Ford is through this maze, which I thought was kind. Yeah, of... Why why would Ford seems to be the creator of the park? Yeah. Why would Ford put something there that he doesn't want people to access? Well, so the the girl tells um, the man in black that this isn't meant for you. So I think the theory would be that. Ford built the maze so that so because I think he wanted to build a robot that was smart enough to exit Westworld to use the maze to get out of Westworld like he wanted to see if a robot would find its way out but instead this is the man in black using that well, but, to get to I mean, Ford. It, the maze certainly seems to have more significance than just leaving Westworld anyone could leave well I don't think it's just leaving Westworld I think it's it's it's. I think the maze would end up at Ford, basically. That's where the maze ends up. I think it'll end up somewhere. Else. I think it'll end up somewhere. You'll see something that you didn't expect. I think that's what will happen. Something secret. See, I think what the maze is. I think the maze is for Ford. Ford put it there to access something when he wants to. But it's not. No one else is supposed to know that it's there. I don't know. We'll see. I I do think I and a lot of the theories that I've read. Basically, everybody thinks that Ford and the Man in Black know each other, or that they either work together or that they have some prior relationship. And I do think that's probably true. Maybe. And the, because the man in black's been there at the park 30 years and 30 years ago was the last time or Bernard references they haven't had an incident in 30 years so either they had an incident 30 years ago or the park like opened 30 years ago and so that seems, seems likely to, like, that it opened coincide 30 years. too well with the man in black right I just thought that was pretty interesting yeah So, uh, there's a couple other theories, but they no, none of the, none of the theories are really that nothing that concrete to me because they're all based on what the girl says about follow the blood of Arroyo to the place where the snakes lay its eggs, and nobody knows what the blood of Arroyo is. There's a couple theories, but nothing very nothing like that really has that much basis, really. Right. Um, but yeah, that was episode two, so. I think I think it's headed in a good direction. We'll see what episode what happens in episode three. But still still no uh, still no characters that are all that uh, 
charismatic, really. Right, and that to me is the big problem with the show. I don't care what happens to anyone. So, what what what's what are the stakes here, really? Yeah. Ed Harris could kill everyone, and that wouldn't really phase me too much. Yeah, I think they really need to give you someone to invest in a little bit. Yeah. So, moving from a show with no with very few charismatic characters to a show with. With only charismatic with characters. only charismatic characters. Uh, I have watched all five episodes of Quarry that have been out so far. And yes, it is. Uh, that's that's a pretty excellent show. I, yes. I enjoy, I've enjoyed every minute. Yep, yep. Um, what, uh, what are your thoughts about kind of where it's going? Because I feel I don't have any idea where this show is going to go. Okay, so it's obviously is going to end up where it started with the guy with him crawling out of the river, picking up the gun and shooting the guy that's on the beach. Right. Um, I don't. I actually should go back and watch that again to see if you can like kind of discern who the guy on the beach is. But um, did you have like that? I feel like that's probably got to be um, the broker character. Either that or really, because I mean I don't really remember what the guy looked like, but it seems like if it was the broker character, that would have been a huge tell. Well, you can't I, really I don't, see the guy. You can't really they see really the have done that? I don't... You can't really see who it is, so... They, uh, they might just have, like, For some reason, I thought the, I thought he turned and you could see him, maybe, but... I should go back and rewatch it, but... Either way, I mean, the... I don't know... I don't remember what the na guy's name is, but the assassin... The guy who the gay assassin is oh. <laughs> the best character in the television show in a while. Uh, yeah. Like whoever came up with like that character is a genius because the scene, just like the every scene little, where he's pounding little, nails into the bat, yeah. and talking to Quarry is every little detail about cool. that character is like perfect. Like he, the conversation he has with his mom. Yeah. At house, it's just like everything about that character is just pitch perfect. Yeah, yeah. I, like, I, like I really love how each, like each character has their own little flavor. I don't know. Even like the the assassin with the boy, I can't remember his name. I think it's Correct? K, right? Isn't it the K, the guy K. with the dark hair and the glasses? Yeah, I think it's isn't it K or something like that. I thought it was like Craig or Greg. I think it was Greg or something. I'm not sure. But uh, even he is, like, interesting. He's got, like, a weird way about him, you know? Like, Yeah, like he's super weird. You could spend some time with him. He's super creepy. Uh, right. But, yeah, I mean, like, pretty much every character, it's sort of, like, this is, I'm, like, this is, to me, like, sort of the difference between this and Westworld is this is a show that is almost entirely driven by its characters. Like, I don't really care that much. I mean, it could go a lot of places, but I'm not really, like, I don't sit here and think about where is this going, but just because I love these characters so much. Right. And, like, whatever they do, I feel like they're going to make a good decision because of these characters. Right. right, and if you think about, okay, think about something like the episode where they were at the hotel the entire time. Great episode, but there wasn't a whole ton of plot going on. I mean, not, it was all just people being people. Yeah. And, like, the interactions between him and his wife, I mean, I thought those were great. Like, when they're sitting on the porch of the hotel... Um, having their uh, little talk about, uh, she mentioned something about being a mother, and he was like really mean. He like walks away and starts to talk to the the hotel manager. All of a sudden, she just comes running out of nowhere and starts oh. hitting. <laughs> she just like yells at. I remember that part. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, it's just it's just like little things where it's like, oh, that's that's good. You know, that that just seems real. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, anytime you like. This show kills off, probably, like, the one guy that I was, like, most interested in in the pilot, which is, I don't know the actor's name, Marlo from The Wire. They kill him off, and, like, I don't know, it doesn't really see a dip in quality at all. Like, my interest is still just as high. And right. The character that, like, that guy, the guy that there's, that storyline, like, I still care about the guy's family, and I, that guy that is, like, helping them out slash trying to find the money... The um, the black guy from the jazz band that works for the broker is interesting guy. Like I want to know more about that guy. Oh yeah, yeah. Like 
I don't know. They, just, they seems like they thought out everything about this, or like they per- designed this stuff perfectly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like I don't, I don't know. I mean, like to me, like the story is totally secondary to just kind of the interactions you see between all these weird people, you know? Yeah. And then that you also see like real world stuff also tie in with the show. Like right. The, for the, the one guy calls him Spitz, like when he, cause he meets him when he's swimming and he has like, kind of looks like Mark Spitz. Oh yeah. And well, then, and I like, like the way the they've worked in like real history with, with yeah. the show and kind of, you know, like all the racial stuff. Yeah. And then, you know, the Vietnam, the attitude towards Vietnam veterans. They've really, like, worked in the time period, you know, just by, like, showing the Munich Games coverage, you know, during that one episode. It's just little touches that they've really given you a sense of kind of where you are and when you're there. Yeah, and even, like, the the last episode, um, so I assume you've watched all five. Uh, yes. So, like, the last episode just reminded me of, like, a level from Hitman. <laughs> yeah, there's totally. Like the, there's, like, the big fat guy that he, like, he, like, he, at first you think he's joking, but he tells him he has to kill. Right. He's, like, the guy with the burns. That character is just, like, you don't even know anything about that guy, but he's, like, perfect. He's got, like, the paunchy gut, and he's, right. like, got the perfect glasses. Right. And it's, so it's like... And just, like, the design with, like, just, I don't know, everything just seems like it's so, like, perfectly, perfectly, everything was, like, perfectly paid attention to. Um, right. Yeah, I don't know. Right. And when you when you think about, like, the premise of what's happening, like, really, it's it's ludicrous, you know? <laughs> the, yeah. The, the idea that all this stuff would happen. But it doesn't seem unbelievable just because you're kind of watching... It feels like you're watching with these characters in real time, and it's all just like this happens, this happens. Yeah. And you don't think yeah. about the overarching narrative. There are, there are a lot of deaths. It seems like they would draw a lot more attention than they do because there's been like, I mean, there's been a bunch of people killed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, the only the only slight weak point I have with the show is the the wife character. Um, oh really? I'm just I I don't know. It seems like. Can a, can a can a veteran get a supportive wife? <laughs> hey, you know, she only show, slept the guy with, only slept with one other guy while he was gone. I mean, what? That's what I mean, that's, that, that's every that's every uh, soldier's wife in a movie or a TV show. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, I, for the most I, part, I, I, I still like that, her character. It's just a little bit, little that bit. That part tired. that's a little like kind of tired, but at the same time, like she's an interesting enough character that I you can put that aside. Yeah, the, I mean, the actress one, does a really that, good job of uh, acting as her too. Right, right. The the one part that that kind of I'm not really that interested in is uh, the detective storyline. Yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, for one, it's a little like, oh, of course he's just super interested in this case and just can't put it to rest, you know. Whereas, like, think about like detectives on a show like The Wire, like. For the most part, they don't care about what actually happened. They want to clear a case, and once it's gone, it's gone, and they're done. They're moving on. Yeah. So it's a little convenient that he's just so interested in what happened to this. Uh... Yeah, that that part I don't really buy. That he is like he would be he would get like he has every reason to let the case go where the guy got crushed by the car. Right. Like, the guy was on weed. He was drunk. There's no evidence of tampering. But. He doesn't let it go, and the only reason seems to be that he's, I don't know, a super nosy detective. And I think the one part they're trying to go is that he's interested in the uh, sister, romantically. Oh, very much, yeah. So I don't know, maybe that's where they're going to go with it more, than, but it seems like they're obviously going to come, he's going to come to a head with uh, Whatever the main character's name is, I can't really think of calling him Corey. Right, they're definitely setting up a conflict there with uh, Mac. Mac. I don't think they the, need it. Really. The detective. No, they, that's the one thing that bothers me is like the show would be every bit as interesting without the detective involved. Yeah. So why do we need him? Yeah. But yeah, I'm I'm really I'm really looking forward to. I, do you know is this a full season or is it just a shorter season? 
Uh, eight episodes. Eight episodes. So it's almost, it's getting close to over. If they, uh, yeah. Well, yeah. I'm sure there'll be other seasons probably. I don't think it's well, a new series, but. Uh, who yeah. knows? It's yeah, not, it's, uh, I don't think it's been renewed or anything, so. It, yeah, I mean, I think it's gotten a decent amount of positive buzz, so. I mean, it, it, they, that Cinemax ran Banshee for a couple of seasons. And I don't right, know I would guess that. they'll run it a couple of years, but. Yeah, it's gonna. It should be pretty good. Um, that that show in Atlanta are really the by far my favorite shows on TV. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we can wrap it up there. Uh, we'll we'll say uh, goodbye and probably be back next week talking more Westworld and pro- more Quarry if there's another. Um, that show shows shows on Friday, right? Right. Yeah. So we we'll have that and Westworld to talk about next week. Yep. All right, see you later.